Hello everyone and welcome to the All In Football Podcast with me, your host, Cully Matharu. Now guys, it's a bit of a different version of the podcast this week. Uh, we're only going to do our fantasy football, EFL and Championship Roundup sections because of the social media boycott that's happening this weekend from the Premier League and other sports as well. So we wanted to be a part of uh, for an important cause. So here's Alex with the fantasy football. Thanks a lot, Cully. So we start as ever with our game week review of the previous game week. So game week 33, bar the two large blank game weeks, game week 18 and 29, this one was the lowest scoring average of the season with 36 points. The top performers were Mr. Chris Wood with 20 points, three goals and one assist. Ian Acho with 12 points, one goal and one assist. That absolutely amazing strike. Thank you for that, Kalechi. You were my captain. You saved my game week. Ben Chilwell with 12 points. Dwight McNeil with his third double-digit score of the season, 11 points. And uh, Pereira from West Brom, his fifth double-digit return of the season with 10 points. Uh, Lads, coming to you for your game week reviews. Scott. I'm coming to you first for the first time in a couple Whee! of weeks. It's your, <laughs> it's your third green arrow in a row, it has to be said. But um, you are the best of all of us for this week with 53 points. Um, talk us through your game week. Yeah, positive. It's, it felt good. It felt good to be going first again. Um, yeah, took a slight gamble. I was looking at Liverpool's fixtures and I didn't think I could keep away from Mo Salah any longer. And Bruno's just not been doing great recently, so... Took the minus four because I had to do a couple of subs to get that money back to get Salah back in. And it paid off. Made, making him captain, it paid off. Ian Acho, I've had him for a good few weeks now, so he's been doing bits for me. Um, I, I'm just a shame. I've only got 10 scoring players on the pitch this week when Nat Phillips been injured. But really good. Castagna brought him in last week and a genius bit of business. That he's absolutely scoring for fun. So, yeah, good week. And I feel like a bit of momentum back, which is good. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, it has to be said, a couple of really, really good transfers actually by you at that point. So fantastic work. Uh, Tom has 51 points this week, your fifth green arrow in a row. And he's now only 126 places outside of being in the top million. Uh, and Cully with another minus four, of course, Cully with a minus four. Uh, 44 points, um, so the uh, the lowest of us guys this week. 47 points myself, a small red arrow just outside the top 150k. So pushing on, pushing on and pushing on. Um, so to move on to uh, looking into this next game week, if I'm honest, looking at transfers, I would probably hold fire because it still seems like there's going to be a double game week, blank game week situation in game week 35 and 36 that I talked about last week. So bank a transfer if possible with a lot up being up in the air. Um, captains for this week, we're looking at the obvious players, uh, Kane versus Sheffield United, Ian Acho versus Southampton uh, and potentially Lingard versus Burnley. I'd avoid Crystal Palace, because Crystal Palace, City against Crystal Palace, I should say, because their games is obviously sandwiched between the PSG games, as we've uh, we spoke about before, and Chelsea play Fulham, but for exactly the same reason of them being in Europe, I'll probably stay uh, a little bit away from, from those guys. Um, the main question I've had this week is actually about Chris Wood and uh, the luck versus skill debate on, oh my God, if you had Chris Wood, how lucky are you? <laughs> you know, but... It has to be said that his underlying stats in the five games before his hat-trick, he had got three goals, uh, he had got two assists, and his combined goal involvement was only behind Kane, Iheanacho and Lingard. So 
it, it, ha- it has to be said, he was showing still some really good statistics and some really good form moving into that game week. Don't get me wrong, um, we fully expected him to maybe get one attacking return, maybe two attacking returns, and that was uh, that was a, a really good guess. But to get uh, three goals and one assist, it has to be said, uh, that was probably where the uh, the luck really, really kicked in. Um, so I had a look at some other guys moving forward who had some really good underlying stats. And I thought I would throw these out there for you to, to have a think about and have a look at um, moving forward just from a different angle and perspective. Uh, the best expected goals from players that are potentially differentials. Uh, best XG is uh, Sadio Mane at 2.9 goals. Uh, and Jamie Vardy uh, as well at 2.9 and uh, Pereira from West Brom at 2.7. And those are over the last six, five or six game weeks. Expected assists, Vardy and Pereira feature again. So does Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, but a couple of the more differential players again, Mason Mount, Dwight McNeil. Uh, and uh, strange enough, Jacob Murphy pops up in there, uh, being in the top 10 for expected assists. Um, but for expected points, these are the 10 players in order who are expected to get the best points return over the next uh, the next game week and who have had the, the best points previously as well. Um, so Kelechi Iheanacho, surprise, surprise, number one. Um, Pereira from West Brom is second, um, and he's still very lowly owned, so he's definitely someone to look at. Mason Greenwood, who will definitely be in the England squad now. There's 26 players allowed in there, Tom. Uh, Mo Salah, Chris Wood, Sadio Mane, Jamie Vardy, Lewis Dunk, Jared Bowen, and finally, Leeds' goalkeeper, Meslier. Um, I wanted to just talk briefly about Leeds because when I look at the fixture difficulty ratings for the run-in for the rest of the season, it's uh, it's looking like that Leeds have probably got the best fixtures, actually, looking forward to the rest of the season. Um, in terms of the form table, only Man United have got more points than them and conceded less goals than them. Um, they're still 18th for attempts conceded against them. But I wanted to touch base quickly with you, Tom, just uh, looking at what players we should be looking at from Leeds in an attacking sense, because Dallas and Meslier are relatively obvious. Um, but with Rodrigo being a doubt, I think Bielsa said he might be fit for this game, but Rafinha definitely being out, who should we really be looking at to target from Leeds from an attacking perspective? Very tough question. Very tough question. One player you haven't mentioned there, which I would just would just say at the back who's worth looking at is Lorente. Uh, he's guaranteed to start. Uh, I think he's 4.4 million. He's he scored is. from a set piece. And like you said, our fixtures are very, very favourable. So if you're looking at a defensive option, Lorente and Dallas are actually very good options. Uh, in terms of getting an attacking Leeds player in there, Costa, definitely not. So I think your only other option is Jack Harrison. Um, he has got good returns this this season, Jack Harrison, but he's, he's just come off the boil so much. Um, to be totally honest, if I'm looking to get Leeds assets in, I'm looking at Bamford. I know he's out of form, but he's the most likely to get points. He's always going to play. So it's going to be Bamford, Dallas, and probably Lorente. Interesting stuff. No, thanks, Tom. It's um, It's been interesting to see how Leeds have definitely changed um, how they've how they've been playing really, considering they've uh, had one of the worst defenses in the league this season, and now they've had one of the best. We, we uh, have we have, we have changed, but just on that, just very quickly, because it's you know 
irks us Leeds fans when people say that. We have changed to an extent, and I think even Bielsa would say that we have adapted. I think he did the other day. But a big part of it is having fit centre-backs. You know, Lorente has had a run of games with Pascal Strike, and between the two of them, you know, they've been brilliant. Let's not forget, nobody. All, we talk a lot about young players in the Premier League, you know, Fafana, Mount, Foden, all these players. Pascal Strike's only 21. He didn't have any game time in the Championship and he's come straight into the Premiership. And he's in, in this little run of games, he's played every every minute and we've barely conceded a goal against some of the top sides in Europe. So uh, I think there's a big big thing there. And that's why I say Lorente or Strike are good options in this running. It, the, the only thing that worries me about Strike is obviously he's, he's, he's very cheap. But again, this is where the eye test and also knowledge of the club comes in a lot in fantasy football. You know, we can look at the statistics, we can look at the prices, we can look at all these things. But going that level deeper um, is the return of Robin Cock and Calvin Phillips's fitness worries me about picking Strike. So you think Lorente yeah, is the yeah. man that's nailed down at centre-back? Lorente is definitely starting. I think it, when Cooper Cooper's suspension ends, I would think it is extremely unlikely that he doesn't come straight back in. Uh, Bielsa does tend to give people a run of games, but club captain, Bielsa has shown himself to be very loyal. I can see it being Cooper or MA. Well, uh, uh, and just to, to finish off on, on that, uh, the fantasy football piece before I hand, uh, hand, uh, uh, hand back over, um, I think if you are going to look to make a transfer and you are fighting a fire, uh, then you should most likely look towards bringing in a Leeds asset. They have the best fixtures for the rest of the season. They're showing fantastic form. So uh, I would look towards Leeds United. Really quick one for me, Al. Um, yes. As you know, we're very close in our league and we're both looking at that top three spot. Um, we're about 50, um, 50-ish points behind. Is now the time when you start gambling a little bit with your captain choices, do you think? Yeah, I think this week is uh, Harry Kane is the obvious captain. Uh, and I think that too many people are overthinking the gamble and actually to catch up, and I know the majority of our friends listen to this podcast and uh, and listen to, to, to the plans and the tactics, but um, if I'm in the top three in our league, I pick Kane as captain, but if I'm in our position, I pick Kelechi. Mm. So it, it's not a gamble. It re- actually, it's actually a very sensible pick. It's actually a, a really good captain against Southampton. Um, but uh, yeah, so not to overthink the gamble too much. But yeah, Kelechi is a captain. And also, th- this is where in this time of the season, I will be looking at players to to, to try and, again, not gamble so much, but just to pick differentials. Um, and yeah, someone like Meslier, because no one's got him in goal. I'm looking at him as an option. Obviously, Stuart Dallas, if people have got rid of him, you know, just looking for, for different options that aren't so much... Uh, the word gamble sort of overused, but that are different to people that are within your your, your league and uh, have been transferred out quite a lot. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, please make sure you get your teams in before the deadline, as always. Right, Scott, please round up the Championship and the EFL for us. Cheers, Cully. Another busy one in the Football League. And we start, as we always do, in the Championship. And to start with, we need to say big well done to Watford, the second team relegated from the Premier League last year to bounce straight back up with a couple of games to spare. Norwich won again at the weekend, taking them needing just two points to guarantee that title. One of the other outcomes to tie up was that of the playoffs. Reading being the only team left that could still gatecrash the top six partay. And uh, they needed to keep winning and hope results went their way. However, a 2-2 draw against Swansea meant that with a couple of games left to go, we have our four playoff teams. 
Brentford, Bournemouth and Swansea, you'd have probably expected them to be in the mix at the start of the season. But massive shout out um, to Ishmael Valerin. What a heroic job he has done at Barnsley Football Club. Heavily tipped as favourites to go down. They're now only three games away from a place back in the Premier League. What a story that would be. At the bottom, Wickham lost to all but relegate them to League One with their massively inferior goal difference um, being a big factor there. Chef Wednesday also lost and looked heavy favourites to join them. Rotherham lost at the weekend and in midweek to leave them needing to win their remaining games and hope Derby continue their woeful form. It's five losses in a row now for Rooney's boys. Looking ahead to the weekend, the game for me that stands out, Swansea versus Derby. Like we mentioned, Derby need a win against high-flying Swansea to keep them above that drop zone. And one for the accurate came in last week. Anyone that put it on, you are welcome. <laughs> I think we are in profit for the season. Uh, so for me this week in the Championship, Stoke versus QPR over 1.5. Five out of their last six games were over 1.5 for Stoke, where it's eight out of nine for free scoring QPR. And a little talking point for myself on the Championship this week, just looking ahead to Barnsley and hopefully them getting promoted. Um, great for the neutrals. Gets you thinking about them surprise teams that have gone up. There's quite a few to name from. So I'm going to start with you, Alex. Who springs to mind? My uh, my favourite one to mention has to be Blackpool. I think they're they're in Division Three in two thousand and one, uh, and in twenty ten they got promoted to the Premier League. They came sixth in the Championship, so they just scraped into the playoffs. I think it was last day of the season, from what I remember. Then they beat Cardiff three two in the playoff final to get into the Premier League. An absolute Cinderella story. Ian Holloway was the manager. Uh, they did one season, and then I think by twenty sixteen they were back down in in League Two. Um, but what a, a Cinderella story that one was. Um, uh, the other team that I really like just just to mention at this point are the other team you just mentioned could go straight back up again would be in Bournemouth. Um, they were 21st in League Two in 2009, and then they got promoted to the Premier League in 2015. They did five seasons in the Premier League, um, and yeah, then ended up obviously getting relegated. Eddie Howe left, but they could bounce straight back up. But yeah, Blackpool are my personal favourites, but I thought I'd give Bournemouth a shout out too. Yeah, really good. And do you know what? I remember when Holloway took them in, uh, took them up to the Premier League. They, great, they played a really great style of football. I think one of the games, like 7 4 against someone, they played really good. Charlie Adam was playing really good for him. And yeah, there was a pleasure to watch. I think it was last game of the season they got relegated. I think maybe Man United relegated them, actually, if, if I can remember. But a couple of great shouts. And yeah, I remember Bournemouth being on the brink of going out of existence back in League Two. So yeah, an unbelievable job. Good to see them back up there. Um, yeah, over to you, Tom. Anyone that springs to mind? Norwich. I just uh, I, I question how they can be bothered anymore, to be honest. <laughs> it's just it's just got to that point where they just uh, they go down they come back up they go down they come back up are they ever going to stay up for a sustained period of time I'm surprised Dealey Smith hasn't just sacked it off now surely she's got enough to do with that with all the cut books and everything like that I mean I just I just think at, this, at what point do you just sack it off and say let's just stay in the championship for a while oh that is uh, that's brutal she is, she does make some unbelievably cracking pies though. And, uh, yeah, I think it's leek and potato uh, speciality. So, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact of the day. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea. No, I, no, no idea. idea. One thing I'd say about Norwich, they're not a boring Prem team, I don't think. They always they always have some good no, games. They're not, they're not boring, but, you know, as a Norwich fan, do you not think that they're exasperated now? Like, they get the excitement of promotion and then they come straight back down. 
I would say, and we I all mean, just can't get promoted to the Premier League. No, I know. No, I'm not. Look, I'm just. If I was a Norwich fan, I'd just be like, "Fucking hell! Like, how are we ever going to progress?" I just, I, yeah, they play nice football, but like everyone said about Leeds, you know, you've got to adapt. You've got to adapt. Well, Norwich didn't adapt last uh, last year, so well, are they going to adapt this year? I would, I would say, for a Norwich fan, you look at your biggest rivals, who are Ipswich Town, who are struggling. Well, mid-table League One. And I think they'll probably think, you know what, I'm pretty happy to be in the Premier League. So I see where you're coming from, Tom, but I massively disagree. Uh, <laughs> I'm just bantering him. I'm yeah. just bantering him. Oh, you can do when you're mid-table in the Prem. Uh, yeah, there's been quite a few, though. Uh, Fulham, Wigan, Man City. Big surprise when they came up. Hull, Swansea, Cardiff, Huddersfield, Swindon Town. Glenn Hoddle, I believe, player manager when he took them up. So there's been quite a few on there. You know we're all over social media. Let us know who comes to mind. So last couple of leagues to dip into, um, starting with League One as we do. First things first, well done Hull City. Kind of pains me a little bit to say that, being a Scunford United fan. We've had our rivals down the, uh, down the years, especially being you know a local derby. But I have to say, Grant McCann has done a great job there to get them back into the championship. He's really proved himself, I think, at this level. Um, we're lucky enough to actually, one of our good friends and loyal listeners, Jack, um, I was lucky enough just to have a little bit of a conversation with him this week as he's a massive Hull City fan. Um, I wanted to know what what you know needed to be done differently next year for them to push on and where he thought they needed to strengthen a little bit. So we mentioned they're, you know, they're lucky enough this season um, to have a really good strike force and their superior squad is probably the thing that got them promoted. Still got question marks over their resilience and backbone, though. And he actually mentioned, it's quite interesting, a large proportion of the Hull City uh, fans still have their doubts over McCann. So he thinks that he needs a really good start to keep them off his back a little bit. Predictions into next season, he said mid-table would be a success, but he's always dreaming of that top six. So, yeah, one to, one to watch out on uh, next year's season. And cheers for that, Jack. Uh, looking ahead to the rest of the league, Peterborough won at the weekend and they knew a min, uh, win midweek would take them up with Hull. However, they could only draw against Doncaster. Lincoln won midweek to keep them in with an outside shot at automatic promotion. Sunderland, Blackpool and Portsmouth joined them currently in the playoffs, but Oxford, Charlton and MK Don still have a chance of sneaking in there. At the bottom, Swindon got battered 5-0 by MK Dons to really seal their fate back to League 2. Four goals to that man, Will Grigg. Was he on fire? Discuss. Bristol Rovers lost, so their relegation was officially secured. Above them, all four teams in contention, those of Rochdale, Northampton, Wigan and AFC Wimbledon, all drew to leave us where we were, taking us into those midweek fixtures. Into midweek, a huge game at the bottom was Rochdale versus AFC Wimbledon. That's two of the four teams still trying to survive in the league. Rochdale thought they'd done enough to secure all three points until AFC Wimbledon broke their hearts in the 97th minute to draw 3-3. That goal all but secures their stay in the league, though, looking like two from three now. Looking ahead to the weekend, game of the weekend, only got to be one, Peterborough versus Lincoln. A point for the posh takes them up. A win for Lincoln and a win in their game in hand, though, would take it to the last day of the season. And one for the Acker. Swindon versus Ipswich over 2.5. Bit of a funny one, this. Swindon's last six all over 2.5. And Ipswich have gone 0-0, 3-0, 0-0, 3-0, 0-0. And <laughs> so we're due a 3-0 for the next one. And finally, into League 2. Cheltenham won at the weekend, then followed that up with a draw to secure promotion to League 1. Well done. 
Cambridge lost and Bolton beat fourth place Morecambe um, at the weekend. If they both win this up and coming weekend, they would join Cheltenham in promotion to League One. Tramere won to stay fifth, while Newport and Salford climbed back in the playoffs with two games left. Three wins in a row for Salford now. Forest Green Rovers next to Bow still have a chance of cracking that top seven, however. At the bottom, Grimsby and Southend won at the weekend to keep them in with a shout. Grimsby knew they had to beat Exeter and hope results went their way on Tuesday night to have any hopes of staying up. They lost 3 2 to Exeter and ended their five year stint in the Football League. Um, Southend need to win both games and hope my scunny boys lose them with an 18 goal goal swing to stay up. Please, for the love of God, no. And looking ahead to the weekend, game of the weekend, Bolton versus Exeter. A win for Bolton to take them up into League One. Exeter need to keep winning to keep them in with a shout of the playoffs. And finally, one for the Acker, Forest Green Rovers versus Tramia under 2.5. Last three, all under 2.5 for Forest Green. That's including two 0 nil draws. And the last six for Tramia, all under 2.5. So best of luck with that for you. That's all my football league for this week. Back to you, Cully. Yeah, please remember to gamble responsibly, guys. Thanks, Scott, for that. Yeah, We'll be back to normal next week, guys, uh, with a full uh, hour podcast. We're going to be talking Premier League Player of the Season, the Premier League Hall of Fame, as well as, the obviously, the social media boycott that's just happening this weekend. So we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Take care.